0: everybody great to be here great to be sharing on the theme of the thrill of hope and let me tell you on the side that um, Dave Luthy is a very kind boss because I reckon he gave me the pivotal passage of this series about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and the reason why I think that is that when I think about the thrill of hope I think of that very famous song O Holy Night um, goes something like this, I'm not going to sing, we'll save that for tonight. Oh holy night, the stars are brightly shining, it's the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks the new and glorious morn. And so this morning I'm going to share from... Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And um, the thrill of hope is the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Not just coming as a baby, but living so that we might know God and offering his life. Rising again so that we might be also rise with him um, in the future um, and to be the saviour of the world. So our text this morning is in Matthew 1, 18 to 25. It'll be on the screen, or you can follow it along um, in your Bibles or devices. It goes like this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace... My prayer this morning for all of us is that we will in um, a new way um, realise the thrill of hope that we referred to in the title and that comes along with the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Not just to know it in our heads but in our hearts, the amazing hope that came with the birth of Jesus But I want to do it in a roundabout way, and I want to start by telling you another story that I hope might help us to connect with the emotion of what A Thrill of Hope is about. And this story um, is set in June 2018. Um, It's about a soccer team. Um, There were 12 boys and their assistant coach Um, Little did they know that they would become world famous within the space of a couple of weeks. The boys had finished practice on the 23rd of June, 2018, and they raced from practice on their bicycles to explore the nearby Tham Luang Caves. They thought they'd only be there for a very short period of time, so they had little else with them but their torches so that they could go exploring in the cave. In that part of Thailand in the monsoons, those caves can very easily be filled with muddy water. Um, Muddy water so thick that you can't even see if you open your eyes under the water. And so the boys were exploring in the cave and they were caught out by a flash flood. Um, Their way of getting out of the cave was cut out and so they retreated further into the cave. Eventually, they found a small rocky shelf in an air pocket um, just above the water and they dug in a further five metres so that they could stay there on their shelf. They didn't have any food, um, but water was supplied because it wasn't the dirty water but there was fresh water dropping down the rocks as it seeped into the cave. The boys found themselves totally cut off from the outside world. They were in darkness except for their torches. Um, They had no food. Um, They had no way to save themselves. Um, Somebody said at the time that the hardest thing for the boys was not staying alive. They could stay alive in the short term but having hope that somehow they would be rescued. As the days went by, I am sure that sense of hopelessness and lostness continued to grow. See, they didn't know that outside the caves there was a rescue mission that already had been put into place. It wasn't an ordinary rescue mission. In fact, um, it wasn't only the national rescuers, but over the next eight days or so, people flew in from places like the United Kingdom, Belgium, Australia and Scandinavia. Um, unfortunately, the water continued to rise in the caves, and the hope of rescuing them was low on the outside. What must it have felt for the boys on the inside as day after day went past and nothing was seeming to happen? You know, it was nine days after they were trapped that the thrill of hope broke into their experience. And here is a report that I took off the internet about what I think is the thrill of hope moment. John Volanthan and Rick Stanton had been braving Tham Luan's narrow, murky passageways for several days, laying out guide ropes and searching for signs of life. On Monday, the two men finally reached a point called Patea Beach, but there was nothing. They continued onward into the darkness, And then a few hundred metres further on, they found an air pocket. Wherever there is air space, says these divers, we shout and we smell. It's the standard procedure for such rescue operations. And then they said, we smelt the children before we saw them or heard them. Soon from the light from John's torch illuminated an electrifying sight. The boys emerged from the darkness coming down to the ledge towards them. Rick started counting the boys while John asked, how many of you? Thirteen, came the reply in English. Thirteen, brilliant. Next to John, Rick couldn't quite believe what he was seeing. They're all alive. The lost wild boars had been found. And you know what I reckon the thrill of hope moment was? Imagine those boys sitting for nine days, looking into the murk and the darkness. I'm sure they only turned their torches on very occasionally to conserve batteries. Feeling that all hope was gone. And then into that dark world, up pops the head and then two heads of divers who ask them, Who are you? How many of you are are there? the thrill of hope must have been extraordinary. And yet, you know, as much as that thrill of hope moment was there, the story was far from concluded because these boys were stuck four kilometres in the, in the depths of this cave. The rescue was extremely difficult. Um, it was of gigantic proportions. In fact, one Thai diver gave his life in trying to set up the rescue for these boys. They had to develop this amazing plan where the boys would have to put their complete trust and faith into their rescuers so that the boys could be brought out one at a time. In fact, the, the rescuing of them was so complicated that for each boy it took three or four hours and over a period of three days from July 8th to the 10th all of the boys were rescued and brought back out into um, the air and back to society they had a thrill of hope moment, but this morning as we look in Matthew's Gospel, I want to say to you that the thrill of hope that is associated with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago so far outweighs the thrill of hope of those boys that we should be amazed and touched, not just intellectually, but in our hearts as well. Why would I say that? The story of the 13 young men Is truly amazing but in every aspect the story of the birth of Jesus is even more amazing in the story I talked about the darkness that the boys experienced in the cave the sense of lostness but our passage tells us that the God of the universe chose to break into the darkness of this whole world that had been caused by sin Way back in the Garden of Eden, man had started going into the cave of darkness by sin entering the world. And for thousands of years, people had been continuing to move further and further away from God. Um, The darkness of God's own chosen people, Israel, um, as they had some hope that God would come and to restore and to rescue them, um, even that started to fade. And for the 400 years before the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, even the prophets had stopped speaking. Um, It seemed as though that they were in the darkest place. Just as the boys were hopeless and helpless in terms of saving themselves, the whole of mankind was hopeless and helpless in rescuing um, themselves from sin. And then the thrill of hope... When God himself, in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, a baby born in Bethlehem, broke into this world. And he didn't only break into the world, but he had a rescue plan to save every one of us. Why do I say that the thrill of hope of Jesus' birth is so much greater than those experienced in the cave? Well... Firstly, this, the Thai rescue, no matter how amazing it is, operated in the natural realm. All of the things that they did were still within the limitations of mankind and human knowledge and human activity. But as we read that passage, we realised that um, God, when he broke into this world, God was operating in the supernatural realm. And so in our verses that we read in verses 18 and onwards, it makes a big deal about the virgin birth, the virgin conception, the fact that Jesus was no ordinary baby. He didn't become born during or or through the normal human means. And and so we read in the passage there how um, God, by the work of his Holy Spirit, um, produced... Jesus as a baby being born through Mary. Um, It's supernatural because um, the virgin birth, or probably better described as the virgin conception, um, the the reality was that Jesus Christ was not some half-man, half-God being. He was totally God and totally man at the same time. God's rescue plan um, was so far beyond human limitations. Now, some of you might think, well, the virgin birth, that's a bit of an old-fashioned type of concept. Um, In fact, um, I heard on the news recently some um, radio personality... Um, I think he settled out of court, but he was trying to explain away the virgin birth as saying that Mary and Joseph lived in a time where a pregnancy outside of marriage or betrothal um, was something that was so shameful that they just made up the story. But can I say to you this Christmas that at our own peril, we deny the supernatural power of God And there is a process going on in our world where at every turn people try to discount the gospel, God's rescue mission of us, by somehow or other trying to limit God to natural powers rather than supernatural powers. Um, You don't have to go very far to read them. I can remember reading some explanations of parts of the Bible where people do that. Um, You know the story about when Jesus fed the 5,000 people um, with um, loaves and fishes of bread, a small amount of food. Um, I read an account that said, well, you know what really happened? God didn't supernaturally create all that food. What happened was that that crowd of people, they all took their packed lunch with them. But they weren't prepared to open it up and let others see it because the other people might want it. But when they saw the little boy show the master his packed lunch, they all pulled their packed lunches out of their tunic. Or, you know, in the same area it talks about when Jesus walked on the water and Peter came out and walked towards him. And I I read the account that said, well, you know what really happened was that Jesus actually was very good at knowing where all the sandbanks in the Lake of Galilee were. And so he was actually walking out along some sandbanks. And Peter, who also knew where the sandbanks were, but not as well as Jesus, um, he stepped out of the boat onto a sandbank to go towards Jesus. And you know the part that says when he started to sink, he stepped off the sandbank into deep water. And so Jesus had to lean over and pull him out. Don't get me started on the, um, the supernatural because it goes through everything. The plagues of Egypt, I've read accounts about how that was to do with global warm not, not global warming, um, um, natural consequences. Or even, even the resurrection of Jesus, you know, that he somehow didn't really die but he passed out and then he woke up in the cool of a cave. What I'm trying to say is this without labouring my point. The reason why the thrill of hope is so powerful is because God, the supernatural God, to whom nothing is impossible, chose to enter this world supernaturally to bring salvation to mankind. You know, the account of Jesus' birth, I like to think there are three accounts of Jesus' birth in the Gospels. Matthew and Luke, which we read all the time at Christmas, and the Gospel of John And I think I like the gospel of John's account of Jesus' birth because it actually looks at his birth from the supernatural point of view. John chapter 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was Jesus. That's my, my added thing. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9 says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. And so we see in verse 20 of our passage that the Lord supernaturally appears to Joseph. We see the Lord taking Joseph on a personal journey so that he could understand not just the coming of the child but the supernatural basis of the child's origin. Um, the passage shows us that Joseph was a man of integrity and sensitivity. Because in his time and place, um, it would have been so easy to shame and disown Mary. But here is a man who was worried about his purity, but also about what was going to happen to Mary. And so he looked to divorce her privately. But when the angel came, when God supernaturally intervened, everything changed. Verse 20, part B says, Joseph, son of David, this is the angel speaking, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because of what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The thrill of hope because the rescue is not on human terms, natural terms, but supernatural terms. Here's another reason why the thrill of hope is so much greater. The rescuers who entered the Thai cave had the ability to rescue 13 people. But the Son of God being born into this world has the capability of saving all of mankind. And that's in the passage too. Um, In verse 21 of our passage, um, the angel says to Joseph, you will name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Jesus' birth came into the world so that God's rescue plan ...could be enacted to save every person, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl... ...who would choose to put their faith into God. It was a rescue plan that God had already planned from the beginning of human history. In verse 22, um, it says, "...all this took place to fulfil what the Lord had promised through the prophets." In Christ's birth, we see the fulfilment of God's plan... That always was meant to be. And what was God's salvation's plan? It wasn't enough that God became man and lived amongst us. It wasn't enough that we could get to know what God was like personally through the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. The rescue plan went much further than that. It was much more costly than that. The rescue plan was that the perfect son of God was to actually offer his life in our place. He was to die on a Roman cross so that we might be made right with God. He was to raise from the dead so that we might know that all that he did was not in vain and that we would be those who would follow for him. Paul wrote it well when he looked back and he said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God... Is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and Jesus even when he walked this earth with his disciples he was telling them about God's rescue plan they were a bit slow at times of understanding they didn't quite understand it all but he continued to tell them for example in Matthew 16 21 From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day he must rise again. Those boys were saved from an immediate threat to their life, their human life, but God came with a rescue plan that can embrace all of mankind. Here's another difference. The rescue of those toys, those Thai boys, um, it changed the course of their earthly lives. But the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ living amongst us changes our eternal life. What happened in that cave um, had an impact on them for sure. But I guess a couple of weeks later they were back playing soccer again. I guess they resumed their life. They had some memories of an event. But when, they, when um, Jesus came into the world, the promise was that our whole life could be changed. In verse 22 and 23, um, Joseph is told to call him Emmanuel. And the name Emmanuel means God with us. God was planning this down through the ages. Verse 23, the virgin will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Those divers who rescued those boys were with those boys for a number of hours as they got out of the cave. Those boys had to put their faith in the divers for a short period of time. But Jesus, when he comes and rescues us, he comes to be with us forever. Jesus was God incarnate. And Jesus said that if you want to know God, then you need to know me. John 8, 9 says, if you know me, you would know my Father. Or John ten thirty eight says, understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. We are amazingly privileged people because we can know God through Jesus Christ in a way that is far beyond some entity who is in a different sphere to who we are. The very nature and personality of God was captured in Jesus' life. But you know the story doesn't go there because Jesus came not to come and then to leave us but he came to be with us. The disciples experienced that because Jesus explained to them that he was going to die and go to heaven, but in his place he would send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, um, God in us to live our lives. And each person who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's the guarantee that God is with us. And God's promise is not only to be with us in this life, but forever forever. And I don't know about you, but I like to read in Revelations 21 when it talks about in the distant future when we will be with God forever, what it will be like. Revelations 21, 3 and 4. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell among you, among them. They will be his people and God himself will dwell among them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. What a future. Last comparison the, toys, the Thai boys had to give over total control of their lives just for a few hours. God asks us to surrender our whole self to Him. It was true with Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph, um, God came to them and spoke to them individually about what he was doing. And yet at the end of that, Mary and Joseph still had to make a decision. And that decision was they had to choose to follow what God had asked them to do or to turn their back and go their own way. For Joseph in verse 24, it's like this. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home. To be his wife and Mary obviously agreed to go home with him as well so it's from both sides they had been obedient to allow God to work through them they couldn't save themselves but God was in the business of bringing salvation the same is true in the 21st century we still live in dark and desperate times The need of salvation is still as great in our time as any other place. But the difference is that Christmas has happened. The difference is that the thrill of hope that occurred when God entered this world has now flowered into the the thrill of hope that for every one of us who put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that God is with us, that he saves us, that he has an eternal future for us, and he wants to be with us. He wants to guide us and direct us. Christmas time is a time when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. So many people in our society are happy to leave Jesus in the manger as a baby. In fact, today the thrill of hope is that that baby grew up son of God, son of man, was the way that we could come to faith in him. Jesus came into this world to provide a way that we could be made right with God. And this Christmas is exactly a great time to do two things. One, One is this, to reflect back. And maybe we have to say, Lord, that thrill of hope, which is so overpowering, has become somewhat taken for granted in my life. Help me to get excited again what you have done so that I might live. But there may be some online, some who are here, some who come tonight to our Carols program where the thrill of hope has yet to dawn on their life. And wouldn't it be wonderful if God would use you and me to share the good news so that we might know God? Here's my challenge as I close. Will you experience the thrill of hope this Christmas? And will it change your life forever? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us. Father, we thank you for the extreme length you went to to rescue us so that we could be your children. This Christmas, Lord, may we experience the thrill of hope in our life and may we share it with those around about us. In Jesus' name, amen.